Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 171. And who's ready for some Barry? Hi, I'm Andrew Gross, and the majority of this episode will be a chat I had with former Islanders coach Barry Trotz, now the general manager of the Nashville Predators. A lot to go over with Barry as we sat in the stands at Madison Square Garden watching the Rangers and then his Predators take their morning skates. Barry is as chatty and friendly as ever, and it was really good to catch up with him, uh, not just to chat about hockey stuff and just catch up with him as a, as a, as a person. So uh, play that interview very shortly. But as for his former team, the Islanders, they opened with consecutive wins for the first time since 2014-15, uh, when the Islanders opened that season with a four-game winning streak. They beat the Sabres 3-2 in the season opener at UBS Arena as linemates Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri each had a goal. And then the Islanders topped the Coyotes 1-0 as Ilya Sorokin moved past Rick DiPietro and into third place on the Islanders' all-time list with his 17th career shutout. Uh, Ilya Sorokin only needed to make 14 saves against the Coyotes to get that 17th shutout. So, real quickly, before getting to Barry Trotz, some good and some bad over the start of the season. The obvious bad being the quick loss of defenseman Scott Mayfield, who blocked a shot against the Sabres, did not play against the Coyotes. He was listed as day-to-day with no real indication of how long or how short an absence this will turn into. It's believed uh, Scott Mayfield is dealing with an ankle in, uh, issue. Uh, rookie Samuel Bolduc uh, took Scott Mayfield's place in the lineup against the Coyotes, and the Islanders are carrying just the seven defensemen, which is normal for them, but uh, they haven't brought anyone up or, you know, placed uh, Scott Mayfield on IR to to make any roster moves. So it's just the seven defensemen on the roster. So Sam Bolduc was the only option to, to enter the lineup. Uh, Bolduc was paired with fellow lefty Sebastian Ajo, Ajo moving to his right side, but Bolduc received less than 10 minutes of ice time against the Coyotes, while Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, and Noah Dobson all received more than 24 minutes. The good, though, is the defensive structure the team played with. It was, uh, it was notably, noticeably tight. Um, uh, even without Mayfield, the, the, the gaps were good. Ilya Sorokin essentially saw basically all of the, the limited shots the Coyotes took, and clearing uh, the puck out of the defensive zone was not a, a chore. The 14 shots, by the way, were the few, fewest the Islanders have allowed since giving up just 10 to the Sabres on February 8th, 2015th, and... Uh, 2015, and another good sign uh, for now is that the offensive chances seem to be coming for the Islanders. They outchanced the Coyotes 59-34 against the Sabres. Bo Horvat took eight shots on net. Matthew Barzell, who is still adjusting the left wing, um, scored a power play goal against the Coyotes, and Brock Nelson's line with 
Kyle Palmieri, who had a goal and assist in his first two games, and Pierre Engvall, uh, they've been dangerous. They've been good. Um, the schedule starts to get a little bit more challenging uh, with fewer off days between games as the Islanders get into the routine of a regular season. They are facing their first back-to-back against the Speedy Devils, then a rematch against the Sabres in Buffalo, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, one of the preseason picks is a, a potential Stanley Cup uh, contender come to town, as do the improved Ottawa Senators, who won three of their first four games. And as mentioned in a previous episode, the Islanders have to take advantage of their October schedule as they play six of eight at UBS Arena, but we'll get into some more in-depth analysis and start tracking some trends after watching uh, a few more Islander games. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation I had with former Islanders coach Barry Trotz, now back where he started in the NHL with the Nashville Predators, except this time not behind the bench, but as their general manager. The first thing I just wanted to ask you is, how has the transition been? You know, you're not on the ice. Do, do you miss the coaching, or are you really like, are, are you really loving the management? Um, I would probably say I, I'm I'm loving a little bit of uh, both. It's like, uh, um, you know, for for me, I, I I miss the chaos on the on the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I miss the daily interaction with the mm-hmm. players and the and the coaches and all that but at the same time i really uh, have enjoyed the uh, the other part of it yeah. uh you know some of the the managing creating rosters creating uh different things uh, but i find during the games yeah. i really miss the games uh, you know the you know the practices and that i don't really miss that uh but i really miss the games you know the chaos on the bench I I uh, I'm usually up in the press box and it's so generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can play up there, right? Yeah. You know, I have all the answers up there. You know, yeah. uh, but I really miss the chaos uh, that that is being on the bench and being a part of that. And you know, uh, the the you just feel a little bit removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I probably would say you probably feel a little bit like a uh, an injured player. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're. You know, you're part of the team, but you're yeah. you're, you're not, and it's a little different. But it's a it's a great challenge, which I uh, I think really helped me. Uh, uh, you know, we're in a little bit of a transition, be it a rebuild, reset. We're somewhere in in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of young kids coming, which is really exciting. Uh, you know, but but we have to wait for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always said about. You got to be patient. You'd yeah. rather, you know, everybody. We're in that McDonald's world, where, you know, you know, you order and it's, it's ready in two minutes. It's not, yeah. and that's where that uh, for me, I've got to pull back the coach's mindset because you're instead of living for today, I've got to live for, you know, and build something for hopefully for the future. So, um, you know, we're gonna have the, as. As my my friend Mike Back Babcock says, you're probably gonna, you know, uh, you're probably gonna be some pain. Yeah. I use his line yeah. uh, on the way, but I think it's gonna be one of those fulfilling things where, you know, with that pain becomes a, a little adversity. Adversity is usually you grow from adversity. So uh, that part I think I'm, I'm really excited about uh, growing together with the 
with Andrew and his coaching staff and and the young players that we have coming mm-hmm. and and also with the um, you know with man I've got a really good management team with Brian Poyle and Scott Nickel and Jeff Kelty which really really helped me because they you know they deal with the day-to-day business you know uh, Brian mostly on the, the salary cap and, and financial stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, Scott with the development program that we have in in Milwaukee and Jeff in the scouting area so I've uh, I've done a lot of changes uh, in all three areas mm-hmm. and got bold. You saw what I did at the before the trading deadline and <laughs> at the trading deadline and at the draft. We had a lot of drafts. I was trying to move up and mm-hmm. just didn't didn't uh, wasn't able to do it. But uh, you know I, I did some bold things. Um, you know, some people said I. Probably should it should go slower, yeah. but I, I I don't know if I can. Right. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean. I, I really believe that you know do it now, get it started. Mm-hmm. You know I could do just one you know one or two things and be, be take the you know the tortoise or the hare approach, and I've sort of taken the hare approach off off the front. But now I've got to get into that turtle mode where where um, you know slow it down, let it sort of marinate, let it develop, let it grow. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt, you know, the first things that I want to do is 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 change a little bit of the culture, uh, how we play, and, and put some things into, uh, and then change the style of play. Uh, I want us to play uh, a lot quicker. I want us to play, you know, with a good balance where you're, you can still play some good defense. But I really think we've always been known as a big, slow grinding team mm-hmm. uh, you know in a couple of years uh, where they were you know they had to run in 17 um, you know now we're I, I think we uh, I want to get us to play a little quicker and, and uh, I can see it or, uh, already how we're playing it's a lot quicker mm. um, but we haven't quite got the results there's a transition I, as I, I'm in uh, down south in Nashville I'm in football country and I use this, this sort of analogy I'm uh We've been a sort of a running running team, mm-hmm. uh, a little more smash mouth team to want to be a passing team. Yeah. So with that, there's a little more risk, mm-hmm. and there's some players that were built for the for the running game, not for the passing <laughs> game too. So we're, we're going to have to suffer through that a little bit mm-hmm. and transition through that. But uh, with the scouts and with our minor league team, we want to we want to get that game going a little bit more, where we become a lot more. Skill a lot more, a little more speed. So, when um, I, I know you've been asked this, but when, when did you sort of start thinking about management? <laughs> you know, with with the Islanders, were you watching Lou, or you know, I, I know, I know how tired you were, sort of towards the end of the four years with the Islanders. Yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of things uh, in my in my tenor. Like there's you. you what we packed in in those four years, it, yeah. you know, and I, and then some personal stuff that I had with my own family, uh, everything from daughter, daughter getting married to you know winning a cup, daughter getting married, transitioning to the island, moving there, yeah. uh, setting up, you know, doing all the things that you do, and then, uh, you know, going fairly deep. Then, then we hit COVID and just yeah. all the different things, and then uh, my mom passing away and. And uh, the the summer that I had, I was, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the the COVID, the, all that, I, I was, I was beat up a little bit, you yeah. know, in the, 
you know, we went the long runs, and, uh, and I really never had a break mm-hmm. uh, in the in those right first. Right from the cup, yeah. Well, I never really had a break from my, when I started, mm-hmm. you know, coaching. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's you know, 23, 24 years go by really quick, and without much of a break, I, I, I was feeling the. Uh, I needed a little break, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to have a, a big break here in the summer, and then mm-hmm. I didn't have any. And then, uh, you know, I had a few teams reach out to me, and uh, I really wasn't thinking about management. I was thinking, you know, get through the year and then see what I was going to do, and I never really made it. A mm-hmm. couple teams started uh, were calling me. Uh, David reached out to me, and and... And I tried to slow things down a little bit, uh, yeah. and, and was able to get a, a a small break. And you know, uh, I I made the decision I was it was time to the transition and yeah. and do that. And um, I was back with the team I started with, so yeah. I, I've had a lot of you know I, there was a lot of investment over the, the you know the 16 years that I was there. So mm-hmm. it just felt like you know what, uh, new challenge. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that will be serve me well, because um, I, I I've been about challenges, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I could have went to another team and do what I yeah. know what I'm doing, uh, versus uh, uh, going into you know changing. You know, think about it, I'm I'm sixty sixty one, mm-hmm. and I'm changing professions. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in some ways, which is sort of crazy, but at the same time, it. Uh, I, I ha- I'm surrounding myself with good people, and I'm in a great organization that I, I, I'm familiar with and in a place that I call home. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you see yourself coaching again, or or can you not allow yourself to think like that because you're invested in what you're doing? Yeah, no, I, 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 I can honestly say that I, I have no intentions of, mm-hmm. of coaching again. I, my, my coaching career is... You can put it in an envelope, and yeah. the only 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 way that could happen if uh, something happened happened yeah. here, and I, you might see me for a day back there, but right. I don't. I think it's pretty well uh, that way. I think you you got to combine the, what I've learned coaching mm-hmm. and respect the um, what coaches do. I have a, a you know the utmost respect for what they do, mm-hmm. um, and so understanding their Emotions, their understanding, their their timeline, uh, understanding how I should react after games, yeah. good, bad, and, and indifferent. Because I've sat in that seat with different general managers coming in after a a, a, a big win yeah. and a, after a bad loss, yeah. and 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 there's a range of emotions that can set you off. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I think it's important for for me to understand that I I shouldn't. Um, because um, I've had a long career, uh, expressed too much of my coaching mm-hmm. and my thoughts in terms of um, and allowing uh, you know uh, Andrew in this case uh, Andrew Burnett to do and feel comfortable on uh, all his decisions. And I take it I, I, I've taken a term that uh, that you Lou used to say to me is uh, and, and it was very helpful. Whatever the decision you make is the right decision, yeah. and so that you feel comfortable. Because as a as a coach, when you're making decisions, there's some hard, there's a lot of hard decisions, and you don't know how they're going to play out. Yeah. But if you you feel that you're making them with a lot of thorough thought, 
mm-hmm. in consideration on how you're going to win. Like sometimes you're going to make a decision because you want a player to. Uh, you're showing confidence to that player. Sometimes you're going to make a, a, a determination on the player that you know he maybe he's not in the lineup because you've got to light a fire under his game somehow. Or all those things have to be part of consideration when you're making roster decisions. But also, you know, you're making them so that your team has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do it on emotion. You want to do it on on a lot of thought, analytics, you know, your staff, all that stuff, what you see in uh, your experience. And then you you, you formulate a plan and, and you try to execute it. And trust me, there's plans that you execute and go beautifully and you yeah. go, yeah, fantastic. There's plans that you try to execute and just yeah. they go horrible and and this is that's the that's the that's the the great thing about this game is that there's a lot of humans and a lot of things that are not in your control mm-hmm. that you have to you have to adjust and live by and you know you have to trust that you're the process and I'm you know I, I've got a team that's in transition uh, new staff new players new Try you know trying to form, playing a new system. We're doing all that, um, and you just got to trust the process. It's, it's process over results, which you don't want to you know you you want to understand that, that that you know there's a process so that you can get your results. And I, I look back at my time in Washington. I look back at my time in New York. You know, we started out in New York. I mean, we had to change a lot of things when when. Uh, well, when I got there with John, uh, the things that Lou changed, the things that I changed, but I, I always look at those first probably 15, 20 games. I don't know what the records, but I think we weren't much better than 500. And, and then all of a sudden, that process started to kick in, and all of a sudden we started winning games. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, maybe uh, we were in a, a situation where we were probably looked at as a, maybe a little bit of a rebuild, a reset, whatever, and all of a sudden we're. You know, we're challenging for, you know, our division title, yeah. and, and uh, you know, knocking out. I think it was Pittsburgh in the first round. That that probably wasn't yeah. something that people were saying. We went from a team that couldn't defend at all to being the best uh, in winning the Jennings Trophy. Uh, you know, that year, and uh, the odds of doing that uh, were what really wasn't done before. So uh, yeah. it was pretty high. And then you know, with the the goaltenders that we had. Uh, at that time, weren't weren't considered uh, Jennings caliber mm-hmm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But a group came together um, through that process and really bought into that. And uh, it was a you know it started a, a pretty good trend for the uh, for the Islanders. And uh, uh, the, my time at the island was fantastic. Uh, you know, we memorable series, memorable time in the old Coliseum and mm-hmm. COVID. My, you know, people talk about COVID. I, I, I we embrace COVID. Mm-hmm. We embrace the bubble, um, and uh, that, those are some of the, the the times I remember the most. Yeah. So the guys still talk about it. Yeah. Like, you know. It was. It, we went in with the right attitude. I mean, I, I, I was very conscious of of um, trying to sell that to the players that you know when you know every player who's out of the game talks about, it. and I'm I'm sort of. In the game, but out of the game, I'm not in that dressing room. I miss that dressing room. Yeah. And players always talk about that. And so, 
I think uh, I embraced that, uh, and I tried to sell that to the players, and I think I was able to. And I, I put, the, I remember uh, putting together with the uh, the video staff in uh, in uh, in the island, uh, you know, a sort of a messaging film before we left, and it was pretty eye-opening. Like when people saw it, I think they went, "Oh my God!" <laughs> yeah. You know, that was pretty, pretty. Uh, because it, it talked, you know, it, it expressed the all the hardship that people were going through with COVID and and all that, and uh, the doctors, the nurses, all that. Uh, it was very well done, and uh, and how special it was to be back playing and being with guys, you know, uh, being in the dressing room for basically uh, two months, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, just having. Uh, uh, one big road trip, and and guys embraced it. So, I, I know how much you took from David, and and still probably take from David. What what part of Lou is there in you as a GM? And 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 have you you know how much have you reached out to him? Or? Oh, I talked to Lou quite a bit, probably more than the, more than he wants. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's been he's been great. Uh, he's been always very supportive of. Uh, uh, you know, even you know, even when I uh, when I was out, out of the island, even the, you know, weeks and months after, we talked probably weekly, and, mm-hmm. and always very supportive. Um, and, and same, you know, I try to take the balance of uh, uh, of what David does and what Lou does. Uh, try to blend it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nashville, some of the, you know uh, the stuff that that uh, that Lou is very very. Um, discipline in. Um, I understood it because I asked him about it yeah. uh, and understood it totally. I understand what, what David's done because I've worked for David and what we were, we were doing. And I'm trying to get a nice balanced blend because, and I also I'd be remiss to, to not talk about Washington and, and Brian McClellan. So yeah. I, I think just as a coach, uh, now that I've transitioned to general manager, you try to take the best qualities of of people that coach me mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the, you know coaching. Try to take the best qualities of you know a guy like Brian Murray and uh, you know uh, some of the qualities and, and things that I had in all my junior co- coaches. Um, and, uh, Wayne Fleming at the University of Manitoba, and then you know, friends who were in the coaching, uh, guys like Ken Hitchcock, who over the years have we've been really good friends and really talk the game and try to advance ourselves as coaches uh, and evolve with the game. The game keeps evolving, and it, sometimes it's unnoticeable, mm-hmm. you know, to the to the naked eye. Yeah. Uh, but in, inside the coaching fraternity, if you're unwilling to change, then you're probably not going to be coaching for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to do the same thing with the general managers. You take the, the qualities uh, that they each have, um, Understand the beliefs that they have they've had in in being successful at what they're doing. So, and everybody has their own style. I will have my own style. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, I, I think there's some parts that have to be me, or it doesn't come across as a uh, as, as, as truthful. Uh, just as a as a coach, I think I was sometimes. Uh, uh, you know, bluntly sort of uh, 
transparent yeah. to, to the players or to you guys or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the players appreciate it because they know that I'm just I'm not trying to, you know, um, never never wanted to, uh, you know, talk down to a player or blame a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but understood that there's a responsibility, and they knew it. They knew that, and they they know that I cared about them from a standpoint of a, as a as a person. Mm-hmm. But they they were part of the winning. So mm-hmm. I always came. I always said I was sort of like dad. I'm <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think and 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 maybe punish you at times. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're, you're if you're playing for me, you're one of my kids. <laughs> how well? How do the players treat you as a GM? I think probably, I think probably similar in terms of coaching, yeah. but with probably a little bit more, um, just not stand backish, but know that you know, you know, I have a different power, if you will, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and so, but I, I think they. Uh, what, what's been really good is uh, I can still talk coach to them. Yeah. And I think they respect that. So, you know, like for instance, I on a plane uh, last night, and I always ask Andrew, you know, hey, do you want? Uh, I, you know, I want to talk about this to this player because I think he can he can do a little more for us or or whatever. And I don't talk X's and O's. Yeah. I just talk about for me uh, what I what I expect, why they're in this position. You know, uh, uh, you know, I had a young player that I feel that should now not think of himself as a young player. Think of himself as a, a really contributing sort of piece to our hockey team. I mean, me saying that to him might be more impactful than any anything I could say. Actually, knows. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, you're 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 a player that can have big impact on on our team. You, you're what you thought of yourself last year or the year before or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're you're past that now. You're now you're now one of the guys that we rely on. Yeah, as a young guy, you can sort of hide behind the uh, the veterans. You can, you know, you're happy, you're playing, and you could be fairly productive. And life's good. And there's very little responsibility, but there's a responsibility when you transition to the that next level. Yeah. You know, and some guys struggle with that. They you know they they like life life is good when there's no there's no pressure. Sure. You know. Uh, and it, anybody can play. It's like being a backup goalie. Any, you know, it's life in the NHL is great, and you don't have, you know, anybody can be a backup goalie, as Mitch Korn would say, yeah. until you have to play. Yeah. And when the pressure to play, and then all of a sudden you can't do it. That's that's some sometimes young players have to transition into that. So we talk about that uh, a little bit, but a talk like that might have more impact from uh, from me than anything I could say X's and O's to them. But if I want to talk X's and O's, I think they respect that yeah. versus someone maybe who hadn't coached. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got to be like when they see you on the plane, you know, do they, they duck their head? Or no, 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 no. I'm still trotsy. <laughs> I, I walk around the Bridgestone and everybody calls me coach. All right. You know, so I, I, it's good. It's good. Um... Yeah, I, I, as a coach, I know the affection you had for you know your, all your players that you've coached yeah. over the years. I also know how busy and intensive being a GM is. Do you sneak off and watch the Islanders or Caps here? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, always, I always, you know, when you have a connection with an organization, yeah, you always do. Um, you know, 
I, I, I still call Lane once in a while, you know, I wish him good luck. I'll call Lou, you know, I'm here in New York, I called Lou this morning, mm-hmm. um, and and stuff like that. So I, there's always an affection for teams that you've been mm-hmm. involved with, and I, you know, I do I do watch, you know, how the Islanders play, and, and I'm, you know, the, the things that they've done, and I'm wishing them, uh, you know, uh, good luck, and the same with Washington, same thing. I watched them, and, you know, we won a couple with guys like Ovi and, and Backy, and that. I think, you know, the Backy's played 1,100 games, you know, last game. How do I know that? You know. Right. You know, <laughs> so you watch, you know, those, those things like that. So um, I, I think the relationships that you make within the organization never go away. Um, I'm, I'm very proud to, to, to be a Nashville Predator and, uh, you know, uh, as a, as a coach in LGM, but I'm also very proud of being part of the New York Islanders and Washington Capitals and had some, some success uh, with, the, with the whole group. And those are, all, those are all the tattoos that I have, so it's all good. I, I know how long you uh, advocated for Lane. Right. You, yeah. you, uh, you were his champion. You know, this guy deserves it. Yeah, he really Was it weird that the job he wound up getting was yours? And what what have you observed? Has he been, as a coach, what you thought he was? Yeah, he's been he's been exactly uh, what I what I thought. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, some some coaches would be um, let's say for a lack, they'd be a little bit. Uh, miffed or yeah. pissed off, if you, whatever you want to sure. want to call That's it. Human nature, right? It's just human nature. But no, I I always said this to all my coaching staff is that I I got the business part of it. Like I wanted my staff to be involved in you know in, in the whole process, and I always said to them, and they always felt weird that I would say that to them because mm. I would say at some point I'm going to get a go, and I want you. I want you to be one of the guys to replace me. If yeah. you're not replacing me, then hopefully you're replacing someone else in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always said that with, not that I didn't want the job or anything, <laughs> and I wanted to get fired or anything, but what I was saying to them is that I want, to, I want you to understand, I want you to have a voice so you can prepare yourself mm-hmm. for those opportunities that may come. And if you're replacing me, Fantastic. Yeah. If you were replacing someone in the league, fantastic. It meant that, as a, as a friend and a colleague, yeah. that you were you were advancing. You were doing the right thing. There's 32. There's 32 of the best clubs in the world, and you know, I wanted them to have yeah. have those jobs. I mean, I wanted them to be prepared. I wanted them to understand that. You know, you could you could get behind your computer and and um, do special teams or whatever and that or that. No one, ha- you know, everybody has uh, is, is, everybody has the answer for s- someone who's already in in the in the in the big chair, if you will. You're right. Everybody can fix it until you're sitting in that big chair and then it's a way different animal. Yeah. And the pressures, you know, the you know. You know, you can hide behind, uh, you know, you know, you're you're a special teams coach. You know, the power play doesn't doesn't get, uh, you know, is really struggling. Who gets blamed for that? Not the not the special teams coach, but the head coach. And and it's no different. You know, it's now I'm in the in the other seat. We're drafting players. 
it's on me. Right. It's yeah. on me who we draft. I may not even hardly see the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, so as as the when you're in the when you're in a big chair, if you will, um, there's different pressures and uh, you know different things like the, you know, how you handle it. Uh, I I found that being a coach, and now I'm in this seat, I've been hardened yeah. because. I, I, you guys don't affect me. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Because like, yeah, I'm used to it every day. Well, I would think you would have I mean, you have to have a thick skin. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. 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 You, you die in this league. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think you, I, it's hard. It's hardened me a little bit so that, you know, when I when I find out, you know, I, I, I even, you know, in certain areas of your, of your business, you say, well, why do we do this? And everybody gets really defensive. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Sure. So. Yeah. So that's it, it, something that it, you know. It's like the. Uh, I said the. If I said the ice was poor, my Zamboni driver is ready to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I know Paul down there, and he would take offense to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's quite quite it's quite different. So I think just understanding that the uh, in my role, and I, I've got a. You know, it, we, as a coach, you're dealing with probably 40 guys. Mm-hmm. You know, your trainers, your coaches, and your and your man's up a little bit. 40 or 50 people. Now, in my role, it's probably 150 or 200 people, and then and then and then, and then ownership, which right. you, you get insulated from the uh, the general manager. Sometimes, you know, there's a layer I'm directly involved. So, um, if I could ask you, just how. What what have you seen out of the Islanders, and how are they perceived around the league? Are, are, are they a team that's perceived that can still go on the kind of runs that, that you did with them? Yeah, no, I, I think probably the perception around the league, everybody says, well, you know, every, every year is different uh, for me. Uh, I think they've had a little more speed, obviously, with the angle and, and a little more depth with Horvat. Yeah. I think they're one of the, strong, the, the they're one of the best teams at the uh, through the middle, yeah. uh, which which is a strength. You know, you look at guys like Casey and Bo and that. I I believe that that that's a solid solid team. It's solid solid goaltending. Uh, they know how to win. Uh, they know how to play. They know how to play those tight games and win. Um, so they yeah they've got they got to stay healthy though. You, age is only age is only a number. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and I think they're, you know, if they they get in, they're they'd be a tough out. Yeah, they are. They, there's there's too much experience. There's too much um, pride. There's there's good players there. There's all that. Um, and then like Lou Lou loves building from the net on out. You got yeah, you still got Soroki yeah. and Barley. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I I'm age is a, age is just a number. Yeah. You know, and I I, I look at. I read the same things that everybody does, and I don't agree. Yeah. I don't agree. I, I know this. If it, it, you know, I don't know how the season's going to play out. There's too many factors. But I do know this. If, if the, uh, they, they have as good a shot as anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got, they're, they're definitely confident. You know, not cocky. You know, they, no. they, they, they know what they can do. It's, yeah. it's, a, good, it's a good thing for them. They, they they've had some long, there's some there's lots of quality there lots of experience lots of all that. Uh, last thing I, I, I appreciate all the time just what is it like 
you know, obviously, as a coach, you would talk to GMs about potential moves. What is it like for you to make the daily calls or, you know, reaching out to fellow GMs? And, you know, what kind of art is that? You know, not showing your hand, but, you know, trying to figure out what can work for your team. Well, I think uh, I, that's something where I'm a rookie. I feel like I'm, I'm I have a I'm at disadvantage. Yeah. Um, I think I'm at a disadvantage sometimes in, in some of the negotiation and you know you know let's do this, flip this for that, whatever. Yeah. That's where I'm. Uh, I think I'm at a uh, you know, sometimes a, maybe a little disadvantage because sure, it's, yeah. it's not natural for yeah. me to do that in terms of negotiation. My advantage is I know the players probably better than a lot of those guys. Yeah. Just, because I've been up close and personal with them, yeah. um, and, and not all of them, but I, mm-hmm. but some, I, I believe I have a little advantage because I've been down there, and uh, and and I I understand the game, I understand the personalities that go into it, um, so you're not, I don't think there's going to be, a, you're not, I don't think you're going to trick me into, you know, yeah, you're going to say hey, this player does this, and I might have a pretty good book on it. <laughs> yeah. and that's especially an NHL player. Now the, the young guys, yeah. they're just like anybody. What you see or what you know. But, is, uh, is it fun though? Like, it is. It's. Yeah. It, it is. Like I say, uh, sometimes I, uh, you know, yeah, it's fun. It, yeah. it is fun, but it's a different challenge. Yeah. You know, it, like game day. Like that. That's the one thing I, I do miss is is the game. Like I say. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. I just miss it. I miss being, you know, like revved up and jacked up for the for game day. Do you get out on skates ever? Or no, I have not <laughs> skated at all in. Uh, God, I don't know. It's well, the last game I, the last practice I ever was at. Yeah, I guess, would wow. be a lot of time. I, to be honest with you, I don't even know where my skates are. <laughs> to be honest with you, they're, they're in my garage probably. Yeah. Where, where everything else is. Yeah, your feet are probably thanking you. <laughs> yeah, well, my feet are probably a little wider than because the skates keep them nice and tight. You yeah. know. Huge thanks to Barry Trotz for uh, sitting with me for so long to discuss so many topics, and, and the best of luck to him and his team this season. As I. Uh, uh, said to him in person, uh, you heard us discuss, uh, you know, all that strangeness around the pandemic and playing hockey through that and, you know, what what a difficult period that is, that was, you know, obviously not just for hockey players, but for the world. Um, and I, I told Barry, you know, I, I really appreciate it as a media member, uh, his willingness to help us do our jobs and continue our coverage uh, of the team, even though we could not be physically present around the team. Barry Trotz really helped the media out during the pandemic in, in allowing us to still be able to cover this team and uh, and get some stories to be able to write. So again, great ch- chatting and catching up with Barry Trotz and happy hockey, everybody.